Give yourself the permission to be curious about what lights you up. Yeah. Like, just be curious about that. And then make decisions from that space. Mm -hmm. Because um, we're not here to do it all like we've, we've been taught to do. I mean, there's definitely great ways and there's definitely examples and ways of doing things. But what what I hope to, to encourage people to do mm. is what is it going to take to make your light shine just a little brighter? And then the next day, what does it take to shine a little brighter? Hello and welcome. This is Brian Delaney with Unlock Potential, where we get together with top experts in their field who have simple, profound advice to help you and I live better lives, to be able to be more fit to serve the people around us and answer that question, the question that nags within all of us, how good can I be and how great can I make it for people around me? Hello and welcome back to Unlock Potential. I'm Brian Delaney. I'm here with Meredith Ellison. She is a co-founder of Quility. She is a co-creator of Ripple and an all-around awesome human being. She has the ability to drive hope, inspiration, and self-belief in other people like few I found. <laughs> so I'm excited for you to join me and see what I see and learn from her today with me. Well, first first and foremost, welcome. Thank it's, you. It's I'm cool very, to, very honored to it, be here. I'm, I'm honored to have you here. I, I've gotten to... Uh, I've gotten to uh, know you and uh, certainly uh, grow in grow in business uh, with you and Brandon over the years. Mm -hmm. uh, watching the kids grow up, seeing you in all of your different roles as mother, <laughs> friend, uh, great uh, great supporter, uh, co-founder, uh, organizational badass, just <laughs> somebody who gets to uh, to really uh, influence a lot of people, and not only the people, but. Um, how people move and think in, mm -hmm. in groups and, and which I think is a really special thing. Right. And I think there's a lot of organizations out there who, uh, who, uh, signal toward that. They, they'll, they'll virtue signal and they'll say, oh, we care about people. And it's like, but practically caring for people is a lot more, yes. more of a challenge. Yeah. Um, so why do you think whether it's a business owner, a salesperson, uh, whether they're they're a spouse or a single parent, parent, uh, child, what, whatever somebody's role is yeah. out in community, why do you think culture is so important in and a really vital part of a growing family and a and a better society? Wow. Great first question. <laughs> <laughs> we try to open up and go deep. I, I don't like Let's just go there. Let's just go. I don't like having to fast forward to the last few minutes to get the good stuff. So <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I mean, um, I mean, I think it's important also to just name. There's always culture. Yeah, you're always in a culture. Okay. Right, and mm -hmm. so no matter what you're doing, what you're doing it with, there a culture exists, mm -hmm. and. Um, I think what I hope to instill in myself and then hopefully create some of inspiration to others is is kind of taking your power back over your own culture hmm. uh, and being very intentional with it. Um, and so that's kind of what uh, Ripple has been about is um, kind of letting people understand at the end of the day, you know, Brandon and I have talked about this over the years, you know, one day we're going to be 95 years old and we're going to be sitting on our rocking chairs mm. and and we're going to ask like, that what mattered mm. 
what mattered. Mm -hmm. And you can really boil it down to two things. It's the relationships you create and how you show up in those. And so for culture, I think it's about being intentional and um, creating a space and creating a responsibility of, of taking ownership and how you show up to that place. Hmm. Um, so I, I get passionate about it, I get excited about it yeah. because it feels like you can, you can reclaim your own power with hmm. the culture you're creating, so. Yeah, that's, that's and the way you say it, I, I immediately have another question because I heard it in the way you said it. Mm. This, is a, this is an outpouring of your own personal journey of reclaiming, naming and reclaiming your own, your own culture inside of you. Yeah. What, what, what started that? Um, you know, I think I can take, you know, I, I was really fortunate to be born into the family that I was born in. And I have two amazing parents and I have two brothers and we just, there was always a safety there for me to just be me. Huh. Um, and I, I, and maybe I'm not going, maybe I'm not going where you were asking, but no, I, I think, um, and I had to find that, mm -hmm. you know, for a long time, I really kind of um, was, I exemplified the culture around me. So I grew up in the South, I grew up in Alabama, um, and I, I kind of played that part. I played it well and I enjoyed it and I wasn't, it, there's no hard feelings there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I kind of, I think moving to Asheville was a big move for mm -hmm. me personally mm -hmm. to be able to step out of, of what kind of was a foregone conclusion and then finally, who, who am I? Mm. What is my belief systems? What, are, what do I believe in? What kind of life yeah. do Brandon and I want to create? Uh, it's gonna look different and I think that that for me, I needed to separate myself and kind of find my own way in that. Um, so it was about going in, inward, and the foundation was there, uh, and a support system was there to say, I'm gonna love you no matter what. Mm -hmm. You go be you, Meredith, yeah. you go do that. That's and so that's um, is a gift that I'll never take for granted. Mm -hmm. uh, and hopefully, how can we be a part of creating other foundations for people to have that kind of safety net, to believe in themselves enough to grow and lead from that space. So what what would you if you had to name that like a, 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 if if your if your life was a book and, and that was a chapter you said moving from what was before before you broke the pattern before you mm -hmm. uh, broke the momentum of assumption that was going to be your uh, a woman from the southeastern life that <laughs> where you uh, where you did put put on display everything that everybody would expect what was what would that chapter of your life be named hmm. and what would when you started to really come into your own what would what would that one have been named hmm that's good brian i i you know i, I i've talked about this a lot but i think um i could really boil down everything to kind of one like guiding principle that mm -hmm. i feel like i've gone and it's it's live by what you trust not by what you fear and I think that chapter would have been about fear, not in a scary way, but just in a, in a not trusting who I am, mm -hmm. but just in a fear of like, I don't want to rock the boat. I don't yeah. want to, I'm a 
I'm a people pleaser from way back, right? Like I don't, I, 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 I like people to like me. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and so, but that was fear driving that. Okay. And then stepping into the journey and, and this, like Brandon, you know, I know y'all talked about that. His is these sliding door moments of us saying, we're going to do it different. Mm-hmm. Um, but we got to go for what we trust in and mm-hmm. who we trust we are and what our path needs to be. And it's going to look different. But I think that has shaped my life more than anything is just living from that space because um, it it takes a lot of courage. Yeah. It takes a lot of courage to do that. So, yeah, it does. It, we, and we, it, the, when you start to break free from that and I'm, I'm, I'm not done. I'm just in, I'm just in, in process. <laughs> Me neither. Uh, and it's, it's great being, get having the opportunity to be in process with both you and Brandon mm-hmm. and so many other great people that we get to be around. Yeah. Um, but if if you had to if you had to give people permission to break to break one fear to break that pattern, what what would be what would mm. that what would that be the one that you see you know from your perspective as a as a uh, female leader from your perspective as someone who's come up and had success uh, being a uh, being supporting somebody as they're growing an organization, being a part of growing that organization and growing your own culture in your home mm. with your family all at the same time. But, you know, what what would you speak into that person? What would you give them permission to break as far as one of those fears? I mean, I, I do think it really just goes back to um, give yourself the permission to be curious about what lights you up. Yeah. Like, just be curious about that and then make decisions from that space mm-hmm. because um, we're not here to do it all like we've, we've been taught to do. I mean, there's definitely great ways and there's definitely examples and ways of doing things. But what, what I hope to, to encourage people to do mm-hmm. is what is it going to take to make your light shine just a little brighter? And then the next day, what does it take to shine a little brighter? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I was listening to this great podcast. It was, I can't remember now. Oh, yeah, it was, it was two days ago. But she was talking about the darkness and mm-hmm. dark and being in dark spaces and being in dark times. Mm-hmm. And I think someone advised her that darkness has no power. Yep. It's just a space where you haven't turned your light on yet. That's yeah. And so it was just like, yeah. like we give too much power to things that really don't, don't deserve it versus just taking back your own power to just like, what, how can I make, how can I turn that dimmer switch up a little bit? Yeah. And yeah. so um, that's what I would just hope people do more of is just, is being curious within mm-hmm. um, because that's, that's what we're here to do. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you see a pattern break? Was it moving? Was it uh, going to school, moving away from home? What, what, what you know, um, uh, meeting brand. What was the pattern break for you? I had uh, several. Yeah. I, had to, I, had, I mean, yeah. it wasn't one just break wide open. Yeah. Um, I think the first time I really um, could could go back, um, I grew up playing basketball. It was okay. my life. Like yeah. it was what I did, and my family was all in, and they were at every game, and it was what we did. And my brothers would play every night. Mm-hmm. And I did travel ball, and it was it was it was everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a coach, and we were a tight family. I mean, I mean, you know, team oh, sports. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're you're it's it's 
blood, right? And also having met <laughs> <laughs> having having met your parents and oh yeah, everybody's and, all well, in. Everybody's in. Everybody's uh, all in, and the community was all in. Our team was. We were good. We were always in the state championship final. You know, not always, but I mean, we were in there every year. Yeah. Um, but my coach, again, he was he was for me, but it, it became a not good. It wasn't healthy for me. It got yeah. to a point where um, he, it, it was miserable. He, he, he created pretty much a miserable environment. Mm-hmm. And so going into my senior year, I, I, I said, I'm not doing, I, I'm not doing this yeah. anymore. And again, at that point, it felt huge to do that. And, and I remember going, going to my dad and he was like, well, babe, let's just let's wait till the end of the season. Let's just wait till the end of the season because you're going into your senior year, you know. And I said, Dad, I, I'm not. I'm gonna I'm gonna make this decision now because I can feel. I know I I can feel the pain now. And if I wait till summertime, it's gonna there'll be like, oh, I can just do this again. Yeah. And I think for them to, but I knew I knew they would support me. Yeah. I knew they would be, have my back, mm-hmm. even though I, I don't think he agreed that that's mm-hmm. what I should do. Now he does. Now he, yeah. now he's like, that was huge. But um, that was the first step, I think, in doing that. And then I think the next step for us big was to come to Asheville, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, we were in Colorado, um, and we kind of had a, ch- a choice. Do we want to go back to Alabama where all our friends are? Uh, Brian and I were not in a great place in our relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if we had moved back, I don't know that we would have made it. And, mm. I, and or I, if we would have made it, it wouldn't have been the life that we would have both been really excited about. So we took a leap. We came to Asheville and we started creating um, the life we wanted. And yeah. it was messy and we made a bunch of mistakes, but it was ours. Yeah. It was ours. That's and right. it was no one else's. And yeah. so, um, so I think. From there, there were just other decisions of just having and building confidence um, to live, living in what you trust is best for you and your next step. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, I, I think there's a lot of assumption that people bring upon themselves. And I, I love what you said. It's like giving too much power to something that doesn't exist. Yeah. It's like, you know, try to find, I try to find black on a color spectrum. Why won't you find it? Because it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Try to. Try to find a tree in the shadow. Yeah. Why won't you find it? Because yeah. it doesn't exist. Yeah. The tree doesn't exist in the shadow. Because yeah, that's really good. It, yeah, it's just like uh, it's understanding that that darkness is simply an absence of the good things that are there. And a lot of the darkest times in my life, mm-hmm. I just wasn't there. Yeah. I just wasn't there. And then finding that way to show up, I, I love that. That's good. yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Um, when it when it comes to uh, when it comes to watching uh, somebody who you care about and partner mm-hmm. with them in this journey that I know you've gotten to watch and partner with and be, you know, be a, a big support, an encourager and somebody who played a vital part in that, you know, as Brandon would uh, talk about you setting his appointments. I'm like, that's the one. That's what I need. <laughs> right. That's what that's what makes him do that. Of course, he's doing five times the amount I'm doing in a week. <laughs> but uh, um, but in all of those in all of those roles, I assume that that um, well, I, I, I would. Uh, yeah, I would assume that that required you to re-identify yourself and re-identify at least different parts of yourself what's allowed you to be adaptable in, in those different seasons and those different roles so you didn't get stuck into who you were, but you could become who you are? Yeah, 
That's such a great question. Because in the early days, I, I don't, I don't know that I was doing what I, what my superpower was, mm. I, you know, I was doing kind of what needed to get done in that moment mm -hmm. because it made sense for that moment. Yeah. Um, with always the, the hope and the desire that I would be able to step into fully who I am and do what I love to do. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, they say this a lot, uh, or I've heard this a lot lately, and especially for women, it's like, it's like you, you can have everything you want, you just might not gonna have it all at the same time. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, and to yeah. me, that was just so like freeing of yeah. like, um, you know, I, we wanted a family, you know, I wanted to go back to work. I, um, I had graduated from a master's program of community counseling. It was the first time in my life I felt alive, like mm -hmm. every cell in my body yeah. felt clear about what I love to do. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I graduated, we got pregnant with Addie Ruth with our first <laughs> child. And we made the decision at that point that I wouldn't go follow that career that we would okay. do and start a career together because we wanted to create a life and, and a family and business and work together. Um, but then as time moved on, um, I was able to finally kind of find what I love to do. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about this business as well. And I think a lot of businesses are this way. It's, it's just a platform for you to, to go deeper to kind of that soul's purpose. It's yeah. like, and what a, what a gift yeah. that we have is like, um, using this platform of, of, of symmetry and of quality to, to play out our highest purpose, like it's it's it runs so deep and it offers such a a wide spectrum for people to be able to 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 do that. So um, I felt very fortunate that that we're always kind of taking the next step. And I didn't know that early on, Brian. Yeah. I'll be real honest. Yeah. There was years in the beginning that I was I was angry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Looking back, I didn't know it, but I was like I was just. I was frustrated. Hmm. I had young kids. Yeah. I think I was dealing, and it was so liberating when we did the work with Giant. Oh yeah, of like them saying, "Well, if you are a nurturer, connector, being a stay-at-home mom was probably horrible for you." Hmm. And I was like, "That was yeah. so liberating for me because I yeah. had so much guilt." I was like, "I know I'm this nurturing person, but I am about to climb the walls." And so, just that, just hmm. that kind of work, it was like, "Okay, well, I." I that wasn't the best thing for me, mm -hmm. but I grew up with a mom that stayed at home yeah. until all of her kids were in school, and that filled her up. And she, mm -hmm. it, I think, it did more align with her personality because it's there was a flow there that I felt like I was not providing. Yeah. So anyway, it was just it's been a journey. I think we're still on the journey. I'm excited. That's what that's what gets me so excited is yeah. who I am now, but who hopefully I will continue to become and mm -hmm. and learn about myself. I think that example, it just gives permission for people to really think about their circumstances. And a lot of people, they don't question it. They just feel some sort of way about it. Right. And it's and usually it, shame or guilt. Oh, totally. <laughs> well, it's like, it's like, oh, oh, the guy, the guy who doesn't go and work the uh, blue collar factory work. I mean, there, there's a period, there was a period in our, uh, in our lives where it was like, there's a lot of there's a lot of honor to putting that in, but then that really became a myth. That wasn't a, that wasn't an upward move to the middle class anymore. Mm -hmm. It was a holding pond for people who were going to stay in the lower to middle class, and it became a struggle environment, right? Yeah. yeah. And so things shift, and we have to 
adapt as people, but that uh, requires us to ask a sincere question is like, is this right for me? And if so, what do I do about it? And if not, what do I do about what it? What do I do about it? Right. Yeah. And and so I, I think especially when it comes to these ideas, because people I know for me, it was like, oh, I've always wanted to do that. I've always wanted to do like there. Were, I had this idea of like. <laughs> Of like, uh, I, I saw my uh, I saw my uh, m- my son's mom at the time. She was staying home uh, with my son and my stepdaughter. I was like, oh yeah, that's you know that seems great. And I'm at the time I'm working seventy to eighty hours a week. I'm just pushing it single. Yeah, you know, it was a choice that we had made, yeah. which requires sacri- a lot of sacrifice. People like for anybody to say that's that's the easier way. Like I don't, I don't know if you just haven't experienced it or whatever. Yeah, right. It's like, what the hell is going on? Like, where, where the difference is? Yeah. But I, I, I stayed home with my with my son, mm. and then I went right back to freaking work. Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, because I, I, I remember the, I rem- remember the moment where I was like, I'm in over my head. Was when I called somebody and I said, Yeah, I'll be there in an hour. Four hours later. <laughs> oh, oh, you're. Dr- it's because it's winter time. It's Colorado. Oh you're, wow. Dr- yeah. He, it takes it takes an hour just to get clothes on. He ate. He got dressed. He had to use the bathroom, and then he was ready to eat again. And then it was time for a nap. And I was like, "Who wants to do this? Uh, like, who? No, who no, no. Like, it is, I, it's unbelievable. And and yeah. for people to not just assume uh, assume a very privileged and difficult position, mm-hmm. it's like you know, privileged and difficult positions are not for everyone, mm-hmm. and you have to really be engaged in them in order for them to work. Otherwise, they're just going to burn you the hell out yeah. of life and so of parenting. True. Yeah, you're just going to become the worst kind of thing, which is indifferent. Indifferent, like that's 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 what I saw for me, mm-hmm. and so over that time, knowing that you're gearing, mm-hmm. like in retrospect, what were some of the things that you did to keep you from becoming indifferent and getting burned out in an environment that was, you know, now not optimal, at least yeah. for you? Yeah, um, that's good. I mean, I think I've always kind of had the ability to get to optimism and hope pretty quickly. Okay. And so I think in those moments um, that kind of felt like despair. I mean, they kind of were like, yeah. "This is—is is this living? Is this what—is this what we're fighting for?" Yeah. Um, and again, I'm not trying to paint it worse than it, but it was just like again a, sl- a, a line between abdication and and then going taking taking responsibility of changing that. But mm-hmm. um, I think I'm wi- I think I am wired to just go towards hope and optimism. Yeah. And um, I've always been very intentional about what I'm feeding my brain (laughs) and what I'm putting in. Um, And so that always has just been clear for me. So what are my resources? Where do I go to? Um, I go to my parents a lot, like, Mm. like help me. I'm I'm struggling here. So to be having people, uh, Brandon, you know, I think so many times if you could just have one or two people that you can completely trust to just like, I need to say where I am and I need your honest and open and productive feedback to get me get me out of this brain space. Yeah. And luckily I think I've been blessed with more more people around me than than a lot of people have the opportunity. So I just had those resources. Mm. Um, I, I'll remember calling my dad when Brandon had left. He was leaving to go sail in I think Oregon or something. I can't yeah. remember where. And I'd been up all night. Addie Ruth had had been sick all night. I was just low. I was just like, I can't do this. And they were away. 
and I would just call call I would call him and he would be like, Babe, you got this. You're mm -hmm. you you know, and it would just it just can reset you. So finding who, what, what it is that can help you kind of reset, I, I'm a big encourager to to do that. Yeah, that's that's interesting because I think a lot of the the a lot of the mistakes that are made in relationships that don't last are hearing that person say that and not being the encouragement a encourager but being the victim yes. of of that of when this other person's hurting being like well why do you always have to bring this to me i'm at work too um you know and all of a sudden now there was something there but now there's nothing there's again nothing. now it's just a, it's absent of hope it's absent so yeah, yeah uh, and i think too people that can remind you of who you are at your best yeah that's great you know and like the 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 actually the the higher per, the higher person there yeah. and helping you like that's there too yeah. you know and you you you've got this so as a so as a uh as a uh business founder how do you do that how do you do that in your uh in the relationships with the people around you how do you find yourself reminding people who they are when you see that their performance dips below Mm -hmm. below what what is a true expression of them mm -hmm. How, what are some of the tools that you use to do that i mean i think true and deep connection mm -hmm. and just seeing people mm -hmm. you know i think so many times especially as leaders we feel like we have to have all the answers yep. or that we have to even have words <laughs> yeah <laughs> but how powerful is it to sit with someone in the dark and even to say, I don't, I don't even know what to say right now, but I'm so glad you gave me and I'm not going anywhere. Mm, yeah. And I don't have the words to say it, but I can sit here with you. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's easier said than done, but 100%. to truly sit with people in their dark, in their darkness to remind them it's not dark. We just got to get your light back on. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's so good. I, I can't tell you how many messages I didn't send because I didn't know what to say and I felt like I should. Yeah. And it just, it put me in a position where I, I, uh, I gave something to other people that I wouldn't ask for in return mm -hmm. because I would never ask somebody to have all the right words. It's just show up. Just like. Just show up. Or just, just say, I'm here. Just say, I'm here. I'm here. I, I'm here to listen. I'm here I'm, to listen. You know, and, and just, I think we forget how powerful that is because we our attention spans as a result of uh, of us engaging in an environment that's ever evolving and uh, and how we assume it's all for for our good mm -hmm. right we don't break that pattern it's like is that good <laughs> it's just like automatically oh it came out from companies it must be good i mean like <laughs> of course of course the cell phone's good like why would i want to fax stuff like that's a you're crazy right and so i um, think that i think too asking people like yeah Brian, tell me what does support look like for you right now? Yeah, great question. What does support look like? Yeah. You know, and then help me, yeah. you know, and, and people know what they need. Yeah, yep. We know what we need. We know what, what support looks like. Mm -hmm. um, so, so you don't have to have the answers. You just have to have the questions. Yeah, yeah. Just ask the question. So mm -hmm. I think that's what, what my thoughts would be around that. Yeah, and I think just being secure in, uh, enough in ourselves to know it's not about us. Mm -hmm. in those moments and and uh, mm -hmm. yeah just to know that it's like it, this person is not going to judge me on the perfect words they couldn't even hear hear see or differentiate and most likely they're not even a place to receive the words that's right that's you right yeah so and what can feel like 
silence and awkwardness to us mm -hmm. for them can feel like comfort and, and warmth. Hey, this is Brian Delaney with Unlock Potential. I've been so thrilled to get to share all of these top tier conversations that have really kind of delivered to you some of the mindset, some of the tools, some of the things that you need and that they have done in order to get to the next level. We have exclusive content coming on Patreon and I wanna invite you to be a part of that community with us. Not to just learn from us, but to grow with us to the next level so that you can learn how to show up in your life at your maximum capacity so that you can make life great for the people around you and you can be your best self. So when it comes to building a business, silence does do a lot of heavy lifting, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. And and so does eye contact, and mm -hmm. so do so do these soft, you know, call them soft skills, but really human skills. Mm -hmm. When it comes to being able to create environments where we get the opportunity and we take that opportunity to listen, to be able to be that uh, person who can sense something, mm -hmm. but give people the time to come to their own conclusions, right? Um, can you talk about how you've developed some of those skills and some of the uh, some of the teachers and or resources that have helped you to develop that? Because I know there's a lot of leaders who right now they're working the hardest. They're mm -hmm. they're saying the most, right? They're doing the most. It's a, always a, you know watch me jump through hoops and the, like wa walk this trapeze. But the hardest workers are not the wealthiest people. Mm -mm. Right. If that was true, I think country clubs would be full of moms and ditch diggers. Yes. They're not teachers. <laughs> teachers. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yes. For, sure. So, For yeah. sure. So knowing that, what were some of those tools? What were some of those and uh, t tools, teachers and skills that you've learned mm -hmm. to create those environments? Um, I mean, the, the work of of um, uh, Daniel Siegelman and, and uh, emotional intelligence oh, yeah. um, has been huge. Daniel Goldman, sorry. Yep. Siegelman is, is positive psychology. Sorry, yeah. I think I, I confused those two there. But um, I think feel I, we, I, we love it. We teach a lot about it. But mm -hmm. the self-awareness, self-regulation, motivation, empathy, and social skills um, are the five components of emotional intelligence um i'm gonna ask you to go back and say those one more time because <laughs> I, I was like she's running off a list i, just, I was still at the first one so so emotional i mean so uh self-awareness yep self-regulation okay motivation you know intrinsic yep. motivation empathy mm -hmm. and social skills how we okay. connect um and what i love about emotional intelligence is that when you focus on self-awareness, mm -hmm. it automatically grows your empathy. Mm. Okay. When you grow and you understand what motivates you mm. truly, mm -hmm. self-regulation grows. Okay. So to me, it That's was great. just, it's so nice yeah. because it's like a compounding effect. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I'm wired a certain way. There's not yeah. a lot I can do to change that. Mm -hmm. But what's so great with emotional intelligence is I feel like we are co-creating with our own evolution. Yeah. With insight. Damn. <laughs> Somebody write that down as a chapter, as a title of a series it's, of books. It's so empowering. Co-creating with our own evolution. With our own evolution. How, I mean, with the, the You'll science. find that on a short in two weeks from now. Oh, <laughs> uh, but the, 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 what we've learned in the last 30 years with mm. brain science. Yep is we can control, we can manipulate our own evolution. Yeah. And how empowering is that? That's so, yeah. It's, so, it's, it's 
it's the most freeing information out there. Yeah. Is that if I don't like my situation, mm-hmm. I can I can I can work on these tools and I can change, right? I mean, I don't know how much we can change our our IQ. I think now there's coming out with things that we can actually, mm-hmm. you know, we were we were born with a certain set of of skills and a certain set of wires. Yeah. This is so freeing to know we actually can start creating different neuropathways in our brain yep. that are easier to go to than the ones that we had developed over millions of years. Yeah. And how can we how can we help be a part of of really changing our brain chemistries to maybe shrink our amygdalas a little mm-hmm. bit and grow the prefrontal cortex? I think it's I do think it's the key to our evolution. Yeah, as far as uh, as far as uh, to diminish the power of the uh of the limbic response of that response of something happened so i have to uh-huh. right and it, it the one thing that i've been reading about and learning about is if i if i say that i have to hmm. i might as well say that i'm not free to right right and That's and it's good. like it, because hmm. that the uh i've heard somebody recently call it a dashboard right hmm. having that dashboard to change how I am in a circumstance, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's through breathing, which nobody ever gets taught, right? How to properly breathe in order to achieve certain outcomes, in order to change emotional states. It's and fascinating. It's crazy. Like, it's like- <laughs> Just because, the breath. <laughs> because, yeah, just by breathing. Like, literally, yeah. I didn't know how to breathe until I was, uh, until I was probably 25 or 26. <laughs> and then I was like, and everything, because up to that point, everything else felt like fate. Right. It felt it felt like well that happened so I'm supposed to feel this way and when I feel this way I'm me- I, I'm mean and aggressive toward yeah. people who I love and I create bad experiences all around me because I'm in a bad experience and that's just the way it goes for them. Yeah. It was experience after experience after experience instead of autonomy, freedom, choice, yeah. deliberateness, right? Op- openness to new experiences yeah. and new perspectives that were possible. Yeah. It's so exciting. I mean Again, this question is out there, but it's something I constantly wrestle with is like, where is that line between complacency Mm. and truly honoring who I am? Okay. You know, like, where is that? That's such a line that moves of like, how do I honor truly who I am and how I'm wired and think versus is that just an excuse for complacency growth? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's such a good question for all of us to constantly wrestle with Mm -hmm. is... How do I be fully who I am and how I'm wired without giving up autonomy to change? Yeah. And and not being complacent of, oh, it's just who I am. Yeah. Yeah. Versus this is who I am. Like yeah. it's it's so subtle. <laughs> well, it's 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 taking this the our idea of this is who I am away from a snapshot mm-hmm. in time because none of us live snapshots. You know, mm-hmm. if we're fortunate enough to live a long time, whether that be 30 years, 80 years, or 130 years, mm-hmm. if we're fortunate enough to live uh, for a long time, what we realize are, or what we realize is that most people boil this stuff down to, mm-hmm. to just these snapshots of, well, this is who I am. It's like, probably not, because when you said that, that was in the future from the past that you were talking about. So probably used, what, well, that could have been true, right? That could have been true in that moment, but who I am is a living, breathing process mm-hmm. of growing and aging because who I am is not separate from this. And I think in the culture that we have today, 
it's becoming more easy and more attractive and more rewarding for, you know, biochemically for us to work on building a persona mm. rather than building an actual personality. Mm. Like focusing more on what we want other people to see, see, experience, feel, rather than focusing more on like, this is how I want to experience life and this is the experience I want to create for others, mm -hmm. right? Rather than this is what I hope you see and therefore assign me an experience or assign, assign me some sort of competency or ex because everything that's valuable about me can only be perceived through your eyes, right? right? And so how do you... How do you break that pattern for yourself? Like you said, you were careful about what you put in your head. And I was like, stop, you know, stop telling me what to do. <laughs> okay, this is my podcast. You, you don't get to tell it because I noticed that about like, I feel bad and I feel good based on those inputs and based on that, based on that novelty addiction, right? Rather than the persistence, it becomes this, what's new, what's new, what's new, what's new, mm -hmm. like, how do how do how do people break that? How did how have you broken that? Oh goodness! Or how are you breaking that? I should. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's, yeah. yeah. Um, again, I you know I think I I've, I don't want to keep repeating, but I, I have to every day. What I try to do is stay really curious about going inward. Okay. And just stay really curious. And for me. 95% of the time, I don't like the voice that's going on in my head. Hmm. And so I have to like, I have to like stop that. I have to kind of hack that, right? So um, for me in the mornings, it is key for me to get up and put someone I feel inspired by in my brain. Hmm. Um, and I have to move my body. Yep. And so, because I do think motion breaks down emotion it metabolizes it and <laughs> and so as i'm metabolizing my emotion for me i'm wanting to fill my head with inspiration yeah so i'm replacing strong emotions with inspiration is mm -hmm. what i try to do a lot of days mm -hmm. um and so i i encourage all people to do that because I always want to live from an inspired place. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest, my how I wake up in the morning is not always inspired. 100%. Right? And so it doesn't mean I have to, it, it's, it's not about finding it out there. It's about being inspired out there to go inward inside, to, to, to lock in and to connect with my own inspiration mm. and what motivates me and how do I want to show up today? Because I am a believer in it is, is in taking responsibility of the energy you bring to a room. Mm -hmm. It's our responsibility to to take to take charge of that. Yeah. And how do I want to? When my kids walk down the the stairs, how do I want to show up? Yeah. When I walk into that office, how do I want to show up? Mm -hmm. When I'm with my husband, how do I want to show up? Mm -hmm. When I'm with my community, what is they? What do they deserve of me? Yep. And by giving them that my best, it mm -hmm. actually is this beautiful cycle that fills me right back up. Yep. And so that's where that kind of abundance mm -hmm. mentality comes from is it never will end if we are connecting to that higher part of ourselves. Mm -hmm. But I can't get there on my own every day. Yeah. And that's what's so cool about the world we live in is the yeah. access we have. Mm -hmm. But you have to choose because there is so much. Yeah. There is so much uh -huh. that we can that we can get distracted by or feel like is really important 
that's just not. It's yeah. just not. It's all just a bunch of BS, you know? Yeah, it's it's tuning ourselves to to be able to separate the signal from the noise. Yes. And and being able to being able to get that. And I think a lot of people um, who look, who may hear uh, well, she's a co-founder of a major company that's disrupting the industry right now. She's uh, working on bringing organizational health in a way that's disruptive mm-hmm. to the way a good old boys system mm-hmm. has been done mm-hmm. uh, in the past where it's like where it's actually we're going to look at people, we're going to see them, we're going to hear them, and we're going to use that to drive results in people based on who they are, not just how they're willing to perform. Yes. Um, they may look at you and say, well, she must just wake up. <laughs> every single day with a rainbow over her bed with like a, somebody must be bringing her a plate uh, of bringing food my coffee and bringing bed. a coffee uh, and just that be nice and just <laughs> saying meredith you are so awesome today <laughs> like, but, uh, i don't know that that's ever happened i keep trying to get brandon to get, get me a cup of coffee <laughs> but that's not happened yet but <laughs> <laughs> we'll find somebody we'll find we'll no so, but i mean it's it's true i mean i think People are, it's so easy to think the person that you're watching or you're inspired by has it easy. I mean, the people I plug into, I think why I love them so much and plug into them is because they're so real within honoring the ordinary of their life Mm -hmm. and this, the messiness and how hard it is. And um, so, yeah, I mean, that's what actually, what is, it does inspire me is because of that, you still move forward. You still show up. Yeah. You still, uh, you know make the mistakes you still try to lead with your heart even though it's gotten hurt so many times mm-hmm. and so many times it's easier just to not for sure so many times i've had the conversation of meredith why are you mm-hmm. why do we keep doing this yeah because you kind of keep getting hurt you're yeah. going to keep getting hurt yeah and that's that's where i think the the magic is is yeah. knowing you're going to get hurt mm-hmm. and you're going to get your heart broken and you're going to make mistakes and people yeah. are going to let you down yeah and we take we're going to do it anyway yeah we're going to keep showing up because people matter. And I want someone to do that for me mm-hmm. because because we all deserve it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's a, that's a complicated that that's like the uh, people uh, in my life and people who I've really admired and respected. They said they said your your life, your life and your relationships are going to be like a messy garden. They're going to be incredibly productive. Each thing, mm-hmm. each each plan is going to feed off feed off another if somebody who doesn't know what they're looking at they're going to be like what happened to the rose yeah right yeah. why aren't you in line right, right? why yeah. aren't you what, what yeah. why this thing looks me- this thing looks messy, messy right it's a it's a it's an issue but mm-hmm. and and it's productive and it feeds on itself and it grows itself it creates a big it creates a great culture in yeah. and around it yeah. it's uh that's that's powerful, and and that's what for me gets me uh, gets me fired up is uh, when I see people because I know they're real. No matter what, no matter what that veneer is, whatever it is, it's like I know behind that is a person who has wants, needs, hopes, and desires that are just as real as mine. That's it. Just as real as mine, and they deserve the space to work that crap out. That's right. <laughs> like, we that's just need just... an environment to to do it. Yeah, and I don't have the good news is while they work their crap out. I don't need, they don't need to be around me. <laughs> like I, I can put distance. We have boundaries. Yeah, boundaries. Right? I mean, I think yeah. this, the research shows the most empathetic humans in our world have the strongest boundaries. Yep. And I think a lot of times you would think the opposite. Oh, yeah. You would think the most empathetic giving people mm-hmm. are always saying yes. And actually, that is the complete opposite. It's yeah. because their boundaries are so clear and so strong, they actually have more to give. Yep. 
So there's, I know there's people out there because I, I, I at one point in my life was one of them and I still work to not be that person, but they're just being they're They just, they feel like that doormat. They, they're, they're, they're doing everything everybody's asking them to, but none of the things that they really want to. And they may be doing some of those things, but they're not doing it with any heart because yeah. they're just, they're, they're in that people pleasing state yeah. and they're, they're a peacekeeper, not a peacemaker, yeah. right? They're in this spot where they're always trying to negotiate peace that, uh, and trying to make things okay for people around, but things aren't okay in there. Yeah. What, what, what would you say to that person? This this hits real home there, Delaney. It's, uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't sure if you would be able to relate to that. Uh, I, I'm, I, an Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram nine. I don't know if you've done any around the, yeah, the Enneagram, but like the peacemaker. Yeah. You know, and so I'm always searching for peace. Like it's yeah. kind of my it's what's driving me. Yeah. Um, and then having to come to that realization that that uh, the only that's only going to be found within. Mm-hmm. It's only going to be found within, mm-hmm. and how you have to be okay with who you are. Mm-hmm. And how you show up because uh, the world will beat you up and they will take a lot from you if you mm-hmm. get whatever you want to give them. Yep. Right. And so, um, and I think that's just, I think that's just growth. I think it's maturity. I think it's, it's, it's giving too much away too yeah. many times mm-hmm. and realizing that's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. And it leads me to me personally to a place of resentment yep. that, that I don't like. Oh yeah. And so, and I'm like, finally, then you're you have to look at yourself and you're like, you're the one doing it. Yeah. It's you. Yeah. So you can be upset with them and what they're taking, but it's all goes back to you and the choices you're making and how much you are allowing and giving your power away to that person. Mm. So then it shifts right back to feeling very like, well, then now I'm empowered. If it, if it's all about me, I, I can control that. I can yeah. change that. I can make different decisions. Mm-hmm. And that's been a hard walk for me personally yeah. is how, to do that. And I'm not saying I'm there some yep. days I can, but I'm more aware. Yeah. I can yeah. catch myself doing it now mm-hmm. way quicker mm-hmm. than, than in the past. And yeah. I think that awareness, like going back to the emotional intelligence, then leads to the regulation. That's right. That's then right. leads to having more of the motivation and being empathetic with myself mm-hmm. to, I won't go months of feeling that way, but maybe I can stop it in days. Yeah. And so, but yeah. yeah, that's that's been a huge. I mean, still, that is my that is my growth is mm. boundaries and yeah. understanding, um, and not just with my time, but just with my emotions, just with mm-hmm. my heart, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> just with my energy of yeah. uh, of not not giving that away mm-hmm. and letting people do letting people walk their walk. That's right. Letting people be in pain. That's right. That's a, letting them yeah. do it and not trying to like hold on and go rescue or like let me. What can I do to help make your pain that's diminish? Right. Um, but that's, that's, that's yours. And I can sit with you. Mm-hmm. I can honor your pain yeah. without it then make causing my own pain. That's right. My gift to you is my presence and your pain. That's right. That's it. That's, but you don't need my presence to turn into pain. No, like that's no. actually, it diminishes their pain. Yeah. Cause now it's my pain. Well now like, that's not fair. How'd you make it about you all of a sudden? <laughs> right. right. It's like, right. Hey, yeah. And we've all yeah. been in that place where, sure. where it's like, it's like, I am so sorry. I can't believe this. It, it's just like, stop. Stop. For God's sake. Yes, this yes. Is my, this, this, is, is my, this is my ish. I got to take care issue. of this. Yeah, That's yeah. what people need is they yeah. need your, your presence, yeah. not yeah. your pain. 
Yeah. Hey, this is Brian Delaney with Unlock Potential. I want to invite you to join our Patreon, where we release to you exclusive content so that you can get to the next level of your life and have the tools necessary to build the life of your dreams, have the relationships that you desire, and truly be a part of a community of people who not only desire growth, but are making it happen now. We'll see you there. So when when you're... Uh, when you're working with people in uh, in your role, when you're helping them to navigate, because that's part of your position, mm-hmm. is you help them navigate back to a good regulation, right? Mm-hmm. Back to, and th- uh, that was an important uh, distinction that I learned a while ago. I had a I had a really good therapist who said mm-hmm. he said, "Don't hey for this week, your work is not to fix it; it's just to notice it." That's right. And he and that was really helpful because I stopped fixing things altogether because I was like, because noticing became such a power tool for me. So powerful. And it was like, because my subconscious just goes to work on it when I'm not putting pressure on it. Yes. It's like, oh, that's there. He said, he said, say, oh, that's there and move on. Mm-hmm. And, and that was such a, that was such a gift uh, to me to be able to become a better noticer. Yeah. And, when and it takes you out of reaction to response. It's so, it's so big. You work with people most of the time who are not in that space of like having a lot of bandwidth for noticing. They're in a space where they are in this very reactionary, sometimes justifiably, unjustifiably hurt place. How do you, what is your, what is your mindset like when you're entering into those situations at your best? Hmm. I mean, I think a lot of just what we talked about is just really um, just allowing people that space, but also um, I don't know, Brian, that's a good one. Yeah, you know, I've done a lot of work and research and understanding and certifications around trauma and it's really understanding trauma, mm-hmm. understanding people. We all have our own resiliency zones. Yeah. Um, and allowing people tools of, of how they can reset themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we get thrown of our, out of our resiliency says we can go really high or we can go really low. Mm-hmm. Um, but how can you sit with someone and, and help them kind of um, give them, offer tools or, or, or thoughts or just presence of how they can kind of reset their own nervous system mm-hmm. to get back in their resiliency zone because, mm-hmm. um, but that's hard work. That's hard to do. Um, I don't know if I have any hacks. Again, I think it, it always just goes back to to presence mm-hmm. and to awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, asking what support looks like for them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I know a lot of times I'll walk and do it with an agenda, and that's what screws me up. It's like I have a predefined outcome that I want without knowing the full set of circumstances. And I think that, for me, is one of the toughest things to eliminate. Is just is it's just so getting hard. getting rid of the agenda because the agenda I'm walking in with has everything to do with my hopes, dreams, wants, desires, everything like that for the outcome and how I feel like it's going to work out best for everybody. But it doesn't really lend itself for me to listen well, you know. Yeah, and I think that's. I mean, um, we were doing a, a book once, and it was just around this, so just just being in the moment, just the mindfulness work of just you know not trying to be attached hmm. to the outcome it's like yeah. it's the, like 
work of life, right? Like, yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> 100%. You know, and I remember uh, Woods was little, our, our youngest was little, and he was in the back seat scream, you know, screaming his head oh, off, yeah. you know, and you're just like, it was like a long trip. And I, <laughs> this is the book I was reading, and I was like, Brandon, like, it's the thought that you don't want him screaming right now <laughs> that's causing so much suffering. And he was like, that is bullshit. <laughs> he is screaming his head off, and I'm miserable. And if he would just stop screaming his head off, I wouldn't be miserable. I wouldn't be miserable. <laughs> so, but, but, but going back to that, so that is yeah. that is so freeing. It's the thought that I shouldn't be experiencing what I'm experiencing right now. Yeah, is causing my suffering. That's right. Because we can handle if we're in the moment and we're present. Hmm? We've been able to handle everything that's been thrown our way. Yeah. But it's the thoughts and the like trying to almost, you know, control, control it that causes so much pain. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm definitely not there. I'm just saying. I, yeah. I, I, but it is. it goes back to being unattached. I mean, I think life boils down to that. And I think life boils down to how do you do grief work well? Yeah. I think grief is, if we're all, it's, I, I think that's where it comes down to. I was told uh, the two most common experiences um, for people like us in this life the two most common emotions that we're going to experience are grief and joy. It's true. And, and I think they're, they're intimately attached, but I, I don't know about in your life, in my life, I was not given uh, a framework, nor were my parents given a framework to talk about death, grief, mm. joy. Like it always, it was like, yeah, that's kind of great. Mm. Like one of the maybe worst things you could say like kind of great yeah. it couldn't just be great it couldn't just be this is yeah. this is amazing because it's like and i think people have walk around with senses of impending doom because they've never experienced what true joy feels like mm-hmm. they never just let themselves into that space and they've never uh, they didn't feel like they deserved uh to really grieve in the way that they needed to they didn't they didn't get into they didn't get into that deep work and i think giving ourselves permission to not get into that deep work creates a bitterness that you were talking about earlier when other people put their stuff on you it's like listen i didn't get the opportunity to feel sad bad mad you know all that so i didn't get that opportunity so you don't get that opportunity nobody gets that opportunity (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I, i think that's i think that's one of the detriments of our society is we we tell people they shouldn't grieve hmm. or we give them many ways to numb it okay and i think when you numb grief you numb mm-hmm. joy yeah you can't just numb oh, yeah. one emotion oh yeah. yeah you're numbing it all yep and so i think the intensity of of, of feeling our emotions is is such a, a breakthrough mm-hmm. to living a life of, of fullness yeah. And so, um, but I do, I think, I think grief work because we're always attached to something mm-hmm. and when it doesn't work out, there's grief, right? Yep. Cause we're grieving the thought of what we thought our life would be, or we're grieving the idea of what we do. And so doing that work, I think is, is the key. Yeah. I didn't ever have a vision board that included my son pitching a spoon across a restaurant 45 minutes in knowing we shouldn't have done this. I'm tired. He's tired. Right. Like, <laughs> we're, we're paying for we're, this experience yeah. right now at this restaurant. Like, am I paying for this? <laughs> I am about to lose my shit. Can somebody just let me, like, you know, just the, that, yeah. that whole, that whole thing. And I think there is a level of embarrassment, a lack of normalcy mm-hmm. around that. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, for a lot of that, that is about preparation. It's like, for me, I know I I know I tend more I tend to get angry easier 
when I haven't taken care of myself around the sleep department. Sleep. And, and that, per, that creates an environment for me where I start to, uh, the amount of ground that I can give my son mm. or my stepdaughter, uh, the amount of ground that I can give up to them to allow them to experience their emotions in a safe environment. And I think this is just a generational thing at this point. Yeah, it's, a, yeah, yeah. it's a moment of, uh, of assumption that e individual families are either gonna break or not, and that's gonna change society. But society, I don't think will lead that change. I think it's the individuals and uh, being able to share that with each other mm -hmm. and being able to, as a community say, hey, I see where you are, I can help you with that. Yeah. Here's, a, here's a great book, because I've had to read a lot of great books to yeah, deal yeah. with my own issues so I didn't give them as a trauma to my son. Yeah, we just pass, we can pass it, we just pass it down. What we don't, what we don't heal just passes down, right? That's right. Um, but that's what, and that's what I love about what I hope we're creating with Ripple is yeah. just an environment that, you know, it's just, if we aren't taking care of ourselves, it's the most, it's, we have to change the perception that it's from selfish to the most selfless thing you can do That's to right. take care of yourself. And truly, like, what does it mean to, to get good sleep? What does it mean to get good exercise? You know, it's just like, how can we change that perception of people that want to be highly successful, yeah. highly driven, that you do that through taking care of yourself to trying to balance out what that means for you mm -hmm. so you create an environment internally mm -hmm. that can get to that space and i think i don't think we've always been taught that yeah yeah i, I know i've had to reach out for that because you know that wasn't something that other people were given just I also under I also understand just because I wasn't given it does not give me the right to shirk my responsibility to do it. That's right. It freaking does not because right. I because I was not born into this society mm -hmm. to not play an active role in in building it in in like we're, none of us like we all have to do it. If if you're looking right. around and saying society sucks, well. <laughs> were you part of us getting here? <laughs> like, like that's right. I think the I think the 30-day-old infants are the only ones who are off the hook on that's that. Right. You know, that's so right. That's so good. Yeah. It, but when inside of inside of those moments where we are uh, we are looking for better ways of communicating than maybe we were given, what what are some of those what are some of those things that you've been able to do? Because I I, I get to be. Or I, 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 I get to be around your people, these people <laughs> that you've raised, you know, and they're they're cool people. They're you know? such cool people. Yeah, I, 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 I feel so fortunate. I, like I admire my son. Like that's yeah. super cool. I admire my stepdaughter. She's yeah. she's a yeah. really they're really cool people. Yeah. Um. So yeah. What what are some of the things that you're doing? Uh. To what are some of the things that you're doing and you've done to learn how to communicate on a level that is commensurate? That's the same as you want them to be able to communicate. Mm -hmm. That's good. I mean, again, I have to go back to just the foundation of what my parents offered me okay. um, and and build from that mm -hmm. space. Yeah. And so uh, my parents, they were always very clear that um, our relationship comes first. Yeah. And and I think so many times people that are in in couple relationships that are raising kids, I think that can get confusing mm -hmm. that that maybe the kids should come first and then the relationship comes second, where uh, I always knew I was first 
because they did put them first. Like it was mm-hmm. like it was this weird. I, I can't yeah. even quite put it in words. No, I get it. That's it, yeah. It, it, but it it, it it created for me mm-hmm. a sense of safety. Mm-hmm. Because and again, it's not that every relationship should work out. It's not what I believe. Or everything yeah. should. But they because they put their relationship first. I felt a safe place that I wasn't responsible for them. They yeah. were responsible for them. You didn't right? have to be the adult. I didn't have to be the adult. Yeah. And so um, they were both great communicators. I think communication is, golly, yeah. we could do a whole podcast on like <laughs> the key to communication and how hard it is. Part two, part two. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because we're all <laughs> looking through the 1,000 lenses I'm looking through where I feel like I'm communicating but just the words we use, just the the tone in which we use it. Um, so with my, I mean, with my children, with with Brandon, I mean, we we try to do it, but we try to, we really try to own it when we blow it. Yeah. We really just like, I, you know, it's so big. A big. I mean, even when the kids are little, I'm like, it's eight o'clock. Like I have to go to bed now because I'm gonna do or say something that I'm gonna have to then wake up to apologize for. Like I have nothing left. So I'm going. I've got to put myself to bed now. Like I've yeah. got to again that regulation. But um, I think too, like letting your kids or and again, this is again like listen to them. They come in with such. They come in with just who they are. Yeah. And it's we don't. Our biggest thing is not to get in their way. Yeah. But how do I how do I listen to who they are? How mm. how do I see them for how they're wired? Yeah. How do I create an environment that helps them grow into being their individual selves, mm. not somebody Brandon and I are just mini me's of us. Yeah. They're very much their own people, um, and helping them recognize their superpowers. Yeah. So cool. Tell them, like, you killed it real here. I think we always are are giving feedback sometimes when they're not doing what we think they should do or thing. But to really say, like, I noticed you today. Yeah. And that worked really well. I I encourage them when we go to school, tell me when we get home about something that you notice someone doing something kind today. Oh, wow. Help them start to notice outside their own selves. Yeah what other people are doing that are breeding kindness. So little things like that, we would go to school and, and you know, I, have, I haven't got to drive them to school in the last couple of years. I'm about to get back in the car, Delaney. I'm going to be back uh, having kids to school. But well, sorry. just those little conversations <laughs> of just, of, again, they might do it, they might not, yep. but just planting little seeds um, and helping them. Again, I think it goes to just, uh, my kids are, are incredibly privileged. Mm-hmm. And I don't want them to feel bad about that. Yeah. I don't want that. There doesn't mean guilt in that. No, there isn't. But there's there needs to be a responsibility and an opportunity in that. Yep. And let them see. And it doesn't mean I need to tell them where that stands or I don't need it. But how can they understand what is it that that they feel passionate about? Mm. Where do they see they can make a difference? And then help have conversations or provide opportunities for that. And I'm not saying I do a great job with that, but always but that i think is is key for for all of us you yeah. know not just kids but but helping people like where where do you feel like you can make your community a little stronger yep and so that that that's such a big piece because i i i have experienced myself through growing multiple businesses through working jobs through being uh wealthy for being poor for being uh, in the middle, I've I've been all across the board. And one of the things that I realized was that the work that I'm doing at work 
is as long because it was it's always been people work whether i was swinging a hammer whether i was selling insurance whether i was working in restaurants uh whether you know so many different things that i had to do over the years it was always people work because uh, the the work itself didn't speak for itself Mm -hmm. and and so being able to speak toward the work that we're doing is is powerful but i saw where i was i was i was a hero at work in that way and a zero at home mm-hmm. where i wasn't te- i wasn't teaching those lessons i wasn't creating those same outcomes that i was trying to create for people at work i wasn't intentional about creating those things at home i but what i did was i had to work with mm-hmm. the outcomes of a lot of people not doing that work at home when i was working <laughs> and leading people i was like why do you constantly need me to tell you you're doing a good job? What? Where is that in here? Where is that in here? Yeah. And because it was never in here and they never worked to put it in here, yeah. they never could say it out here. And so, of course, they needed mm. to be a receiver of that message mm-hmm. because they were so desperate for it. They just never got it. They're overcompensating. Yeah. Yes. And then at home, I was I was doing things like I was telling my son, good job, right? Good job. And he'd be motivated by that. Mm-hmm. And his mom said, how do you feel about what you just did? Mm-hmm. And he would, he would have to think. Mm-hmm. And he would, well, I feel pretty good about what I, what I did. And so I learned that. I stopped, I stopped telling him how I thought he was doing. I, I started asking him Ask. first. I was like, how do you feel like that game went? And I'm over here. I'm like, you shouldn't have made that mistake. If you would have worked a little harder and picked a few less flowers, you would have been like, shut up. Like the only thing you need to do in leadership for your son right now is shut up. And God, so that's it's so good because we will out and I I mean classic Meredith Ellison is over talking yeah and over explaining instead of just listening and letting them and again you they'll tell you something they're they're proud of and you're like or or they need to work on and you're like wait have you thought about that have you thought about that that you really need to work on I think you need to work on that well the reason I was asking you this question was so I could. Give a little bit more input. So I'm, gl- I'm glad you gave me that crappy ass answer. So I can, you know, it's like all the all these games that right. we play. And and yeah. and listen, when we play those games, I just found that nobody wins and nobody actually becomes that healthy individual who yeah. can who can feel a certain way even when the noise around them, mm-hmm. they still get the signal of like, hey, I'm proud of myself. Yeah, I did the right thing because there's how many times in your life. Have there have there been a lot of people telling you to do one thing, but the other thing was the right thing to do? That's right. And if it wasn't, you know, that's a developed thing. It's a people think, oh well, I have to do the right thing for the most people. That is a great way to end up in a terrible situation that's been repeated throughout history, time and time that's again. Right. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's good. The um, what for you? If you. You, you seem to be very passionate, and it's obvious through the work you do. You seem to be very passionate about people and people finding their power, not giving that power away, being able to look inside, discover who they are, and live more complete and fulfilled lives. Mm-hmm. Why? Why is that so damn important to you? <laughs> why, 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 why don't you just like, – I, I, sometimes I look at people and I'm like – I know the answer now because I've I've gotten clo- I've gotten closer to that. I get to wa- I get to look over your shoulders and learn. I'm like, <laughs> I, I, it's crazy. Like having older bro- older uh, my older brother. I've gotten to watch. He's been, he's been such a gift to me my mm-hmm. whole life because he's a he's a three year ahead crystal ball for me. <laughs> I look over his shoulder. I'm like, uh-uh. I look over his shoulder. I'm like, oh, that's okay. how you do that. <laughs> that's the that's the way you do that. And so I've gotten to watch over your shoulder and and uh, I think the idea of this 
a lot of people would think it's like, oh, when I get to a certain position, I'm good. I'm just going to take. But it seems like as you get to that position, you've been more inspired mm. to give that message and to set people free in that way to really be able to unleash their heart and to bring their heart, hands and feet to this to this world in very real ways. Why is that so important to you? Um, for me, again, it goes back to um, that gives me hope and it gives me optimism mm. and in the world we live in. I think the more people that are living from their authentic space, mm -hmm. that heals the world. Yeah. One person at a time. And so because any issue we're dealing with in our communities, in our world, is coming from a place of pain or a place of trauma mm -hmm. that hasn't been healed. Mm -hmm. But people at their center and at their at their heart are, are good. Yeah. And we're whole. And that's the more people can wake up to their wholeness mm -hmm. and their power, the cooler it is going to be to live here. And I think it's actually, that's what will sustain us. That is what will sustain us is, is wholeness. Mm -hmm. um, all this other stuff, it's just a game. Yeah. It's made up. We've made it up. Yeah. We've made it all up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then we're allowing it to control us. But when people truly dig deep and 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 live from their truth mm -hmm. um that's that's how we that's how we start to heal that's great that's great you're just cleaning up your neighborhood <laughs> i gotta live next to these yeah, people. yeah listen i gotta have you met some of them some of them are great others eh. i've been one of the not so great neighbors but we all have <laughs> so, we all have so you know but that's i get passionate about it i have a lot of hope in that yeah I have a lot of hope in people. Yeah, that's I really do. That's awesome. That's awesome. I want to uh, I want to take the opportunity first of all to thank you for the main portion of this. I'm going to ask you to hold on for the Patreon. Okay. There are a couple of things that we're going to do for uh, our subscribers before uh, we do this for our supporters. What I want to do is I want to uh, ask you very specifically um, one tool for emotional regulation in intense moments. And then um, and then one tool um, for being able to heal divides in the midst of the most important relationships. Um, so uh, just one tool that cool. you've used to, to be able to bridge that divide. And I know you weren't ready in your processor uh, <laughs> around that. So I'm going to ask you to come out of your comfort zone. Come visit me in unprepared <laughs> land. Okay. And imp we're improvising. That's life. Cool. Right. So um but uh, I want to mind that for you. Um, but for the rest of the uh, community who's not uh, who's not uh, subscribed yet, I just want to I just want to thank you for your time and thank, thank you for thank your you me to be here. Yeah. And your leadership over the years, your example over the years. It's cool to be able to watch whether it's you and Brandon and be able to look at different parts of life and be like marriage. I got that. It's dialed. It looks it's like it's it's pretty cool because it, it, you it's not perfect. It's just real. And the parenting piece and the business piece. And, and as you get higher up, as I get higher up, it's easier to uh, f it's easier to be more aware of the nuance that is relationship that uh, that that does exist in people and to only be able to count people in for part of what they do well but both of you have been phenomenal examples to me in my life to be able to watch so just want to thank you for that and thank you yeah yeah that's awesome, awesome. Thanks again for joining us for this conversation. Head right over to our Patreon for exclusive content, including more from our conversation today. 
Thank you all for joining our conversations. We're developing this platform for simple, profound tools and techniques that can help you get the best out of your life and more importantly, unlock potential. You can find me across all social platforms at The Brian Delaney and online. Come visit us at thebriandelaney.com.